Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek III, the search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Stoker. And I'm your other co-host, Chris LaSalle. Chris, happy Friday. And to you, sir. <sighs> end of the week, end of the uh, end of the week again. So oh, sad. So sad. But we are, once again, talking about Star Trek, The Search for Spock, and we are on to minute number 18. And this minute starts with Kirk saying, we'd hope to take her back to Genesis. And this ends with a recording of Kirk saying, a moon or other dead form. Hey, that sounds familiar. It does. It totally sounds familiar. Hmm. So this is a... You know, this is one of those minutes that's sort of split in half where we get the end of, you know, the the moral confrontation with Kirk. You know, Kirk saying we'd hope to take her back to Genesis and, you know, Moro saying that's out of question. Kirk, may I ask why? And then Moro finally letting them in on all the letting them in on the secret that, you know, and since you've been away in your absence, you know, Genesis has become a galactic controversy. So they've been you know, apparently having discussions about this while they have not contacted the, contacted the Enterprise, so they must have not gotten any information from Starfleet Command about what they were talking about, which I feel like is, you know, I have a question about that. And then Morrow continues on, he says, until the Federation Council makes policy, you are all under orders not to discuss with anyone your knowledge of Genesis, consider it a quarantine planet and a forbidden subject. There you go. Star Trek Minute. Yeah, Star Trek Minute. So, kind of what I was saying in the middle there was, you know, they sort of left the Enterprise in the dark about all of their plans. So they, so number one, they told them they're not going to retrofit the, you know, refit the um, the Enterprise. Yep. So didn't tell them that. That's a big one. And they didn't tell them that they've been talking about Genesis and that it's this big, huge thing now. Yes, my note was, ooh, it's a galactic controversy. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> That's the only way to go. If you're going to have a controversy, it's got to be galactic. Everybody's talking about it. So, how do you how how do you feel about that? I feel like you know Kirk's an admiral. They have, you know, a ch- chain of command. I get I get that, but I feel like they would have said to Kirk, "Hey, you know, when you get back, we need to talk about this Genesis thing," and you really. Uh, Really don't want to tell, you know, keep it amongst the crew. Don't really talk about it. Yeah. It, I feel like this takes them by surprise a little bit, or at least Kirk by surprise. Oh, it absolutely does. I'm trying to think of the rationale for why Starfleet would have done that. One nice thing is that the scene connects to um, earlier minutes when Kirk kind of randomly asked Uhura, like, oh, has anybody responded to our inquiries about genesis right right so this kind of this kind of answers that question because they kind of left it hanging so now we know it's a controversy but yeah why not let well i I, why not let the enterprise in on it i think my guess is it's probably because they made the decision we're not gonna we're not gonna refit the enterprise let's not tell kirk until he's back right 
right? He's had but, enough enough to deal with, and he, he maybe just given hey where he is, he's an admiral, but he ain't he's not in on the you know the with the top brass. So those decisions are made above his pay grade. So this so this galactic controversy, I have uh, you know questions beyond uh, uh, because of he, the way he says it. So that means that. If it's a galactic controversy, that means people know about it outside of the Federation. That's what I assume by galactic controversy, that the Vulcans know, that Klingons possibly know, Romulans, like other people, other races, other planets, they know that this happened. Mm -hmm. So why is it such a secret then? Like I get I get the need for how it came about, but why why not why consider it like, you know, we're not going to talk about it at all. And how did the other people find out? Like, how did these these other, you know, factions, races, planets find out what Genesis is? How did it become a galactic controversy? These are all great questions, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to assume that the rumor mill is very active in Starfleet mm -hmm. and all of the cadets that were on board the Enterprise when it all went down went and blabbed to all of their friends and family, you know, yeah. as soon as they could. Oh my God, you wouldn't believe what just happened. We got totally attacked. And then this planet formed out of nothing. Um, so maybe it just started with, well, it had to have started with the Enterprise itself, right? That The word got out from the Enterprise. And so maybe, maybe that's another reason Kirk has been kept in the dark. Like, this guy can't keep his his crew under lockdown. They're leaking all this stuff. Uh, it's spreading far and wide. Right. Um, I don't know. Who do we know? Do we know any? Do we know any species in the United Federations of Planet that are you know gossips? Like <laughs> is you know as soon as one of those Vulcans heard about it, <laughs> they everybody told, heard about they it. They told everyone. They maybe, told everyone. Maybe it's the alien guy in line here. Maybe that's why he's there. Right, he's the, yeah, he looks, maybe he's, yeah, he's lonely and he's just trying to, you know. He's the weak link. I don't know. Um, but, you know, it's a really, you know, I hadn't thought about it before. It became a galactic controversy. It had to have started with the Enterprise. Well, I guess it could have started somewhere within Starfleet 2 when they finally reported home and told them what was happening. But I would think so only I think, a couple of yeah. people would know that. So I think part of the answer is in the next half of the minute. But... It still doesn't... So he's basically telling, what, how many people are here? 20? They're not everyone on the Enterprise, one. And two, they had a complete changeover of the cadets. Half of them are still out on the planet. Or however else they shuttled people around. Because Kirk's big opening monologue, you know, his captain's log, was all about, you know, we've... You know, a lot of the trainees are now gone. You know, we... So they don't know that they're not supposed to talk about it. That was that was one of the notes I had here too. Was <clears throat> he didn't Moro didn't tell the people in this room that nobody should be talking about Genesis until Kirk pushed it. Right? Yeah. Kirk was pushing on the subject. Right. And then then it almost looked like it occurred to Moro, like, yeah, you know what? We're not talking about it. It's a quarantine planet, forbidden subject. Uh, um, so, so you're absolutely right. Not everybody here is on the Enterprise. We're missing at least, uh, 
you know, Ensign Jackie Childs. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, at least he's missing. And and yeah, you're right. All the you know, even even Savick and David, they're off on another ship. Yeah, yeah. they David anybody invented. tell them to keep their mouth shut? Yeah, he invented it. And it even says that um, you know, Kirk says, you know, most of our trainees have been reassigned. Well that means that they've met other vessels yeah. in their travels back from Genesis home. So they're going to tell their captains and be like, hey, guess where we came from? And then right. it's, I can understand it spreading through that way, but that to me is a Federation controversy, not necessarily a galactic controversy. Which leads me into the second half of the minute where we see Kirk on the view screen saying, to fully understand the events of, on which I report, it is necessary to view the theoretical data on the Genesis device as developed by Dr. Carol, Drs. Carroll and David Marcus. Genesis, simply put, is life from lifelessness. It was the intention to introduce the Genesis device into a pre-selected area of a lifeless bo space body, a moon, or other dead form. So he is, this is obviously his communication back to Starfleet, recapping mm -hmm. everything that has happened. And somehow the Klingons get their hands on it. So my guess is the galactic controversy is he probably sent this over on secure channel and they, and everyone intercepted it and said, Holy crap, man, Kirk's in a lot of trouble. <laughs> oh, so you think the, the controversy spawned from that's that, that particular transmission. I, I have Isn't to it? wonder if that is where part of it stems from. And, and even like you said, like, Morrow probably wasn't going to say anything, but Kirk pushed him. And yeah. then he sort of was like, well, in your absence, Genesis has become a galactic controversy. Like, almost, I don't want to say blaming Kirk, but blaming Kirk? Blaming, blaming Kirk, yeah, I would agree, blaming Kirk. Now that, we're, so. now that we're picking at it, yeah, I don't think I would have picked up on that before, but if you follow the chain, <laughs> right, right, yeah, it all comes back to Kirk. I mean... Yeah, he was the admiral, and this all happened on his watch. And he also sent the message that potentially could have, we know has been intercepted by at least the Klingons, potentially by other, you know, races. So, yeah, I can totally now buy as we're talking through it this being a galactic controversy. That would have been a an interesting interesting thing to add to the film is seeing other. You know, other species or races uh, also watching the video. You know, their copy of it, and and right. you know, as we're going to see in a in a, in a few minutes, um, you know, the Klingons make a very a very pointed decision based on you know them watching the video. Uh, but it's been interesting to see the other other folks watch it too, and you know, get their take on it. You know, either, you know right? Yeah just voicing opinions or, you know, taking different action, right? There may have been other actions taken than uh, Krug is, uh, ends up taking, but that would have been a fun thing to explore as well. So as we, you know, we talk about the second half of the minute, you know, where Kirk basically gives, you know, the the report and then basically reiterates what we know from Rathacon from Carol Marcus's video, um, which, again, I find... I find funny that, I, I mean, I don't know how he transmitted this one, but when he had to go look up the information on Genesis, he had to go through the whole retina scan and right. the whole, you know, the security thing. Here, it's just sort of in his report. 
and it's just like, hey, you know, this is the Genesis device, and like actually has video of the Genesis pod and the torpedo, and like this is, you know, it's life from lifelessness, and you know, and this is what we're gonna do with it, and I just feel like it's again he declassified it. Yeah, a little bit. Before we before we cut cut to the Klingons, yep. I had a question for you. The, <clears throat> the very last shot of Kirk uh, after Morrow, you know, gives his orders. Uh, I'm trying to read Kirk's reaction there. You know, is he is he taking that? Is he is he angry? Is he you know is he reading between the lines that yep I'm I'm being punished for you know some of my actions uh, or is he scheming already? <laughs> So I, yeah, is my answer. I I agree. I agree with. I agree. He's he's pissed. He realizes that he may be in more trouble than he originally thought, and he's probably already thinking, "How do I get back there?" Yep. Uh, that's I, I I underline scheming. I think he's already. We know Kirk. It's just one of his traits. He's always, he's always thinking. He's always got some kind of backup plan yeah he's always got a plan so i like to think that he's already like all right okay not gonna refit the enterprise so i'm gonna do a b or c okay well then we cut to this beautiful exterior shot of the bird of prey yeah i had that i had that in my notes too this is a fantastic shot like we we sort of the first time we see the the bird of prey we sort of joked about the engines and you know a little bit of the budget but here top notch top notch yeah, it's amazing the detail work is yeah yep and i just want to I, I want the scene to go longer I, I you know it only lasts like a couple of seconds and i'm like oh they could have right. done they could just give me a few more or swung around it a little bit more um, but it is a great yeah it's a great shot so then we move into seeing the you know the image of Kirk, and we see the three Stooges sitting around watching it, <laughs> you know Mo, Larry, and uh, Curly there. Um, I, I always God maybe it's because of the memes I see online. I just always laugh at this shot because it just looks ridiculous, <laughs> and I don't. It just looks ridiculous. It'd be, it'd be... I think there's a there's a press photo, right? That that's a slightly different angle where they're all it's a, looking at all three of them dead on, right? And I think that might even be looking at right. the camera. I forget. Um, but jeez, uh, oh, no, I don't laugh at it. Why? <laughs> you're laughing right now. <laughs> well, I'm laughing because you're making me laugh. Well, also, uh, I, I, I I I just I I just you look at the I find the guy in the middle to be funny with his mouth hanging open. And then Christopher Lloyd is totally checking out the other guy and not even looking at the screen. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's Torg, I think, with his mouth open, right? And I agree. He is fascinated with whatever he's watching, right? He's, he's not even paying attention to. <laughs> yeah, his jaw is open. Um, I get hung up every time I see these guys because I still can't believe that's John Larroquette. Who, what, what is what is his what is his name? Smaltz. <laughs> Maltz. <laughs> I always say Schmaltz. <laughs> um, yeah, that's John Larroquette, and I. <laughs> I just find it funny that uh, Krug is like I and the other guys watching it. Like instead of 
watching the movie. He's watching the two guys watch the movie. Well, and they're both giving him nothing. Well, that's so. What he so a couple things. This this isn't Krug's first time watching it. This has got to be he. My read on this scene is Krug has watched it. He's formed an opinion. Now he's yeah. got his top two lieutenants watching it, and he's he's looking at them to get a read on what, what they're thinking. What's their opinion of? what they're seeing right that's just him as a commander him as a klingon he's trying to read he's trying to read from their facial expressions uh, what they're thinking before they speak that's my take on this whole thing but you're right those two guys are giving him nothing <laughs> they just look like they're enthralled by this whole thing and part of me wonders again we watch these things minute by minute you know we scrub through them does Christopher Lloyd actually say something because his mouth moves, or is he just... Does he? Oh, yeah, it looks like it does. That's the second time. We already had that. We talked about that last time. Uh, we were watching Maltz. <laughs> we were watching Maltz do something we thought he was talking to. So I'm wondering, like, does he say something and they took the line out and because it didn't fit? Well, we'll have to look at... We know the next minute. Um... He does say something, so maybe this let's see if that's a if they do they reuse the scene? Like they they right. show it again. Hmm. And so the rest of the rest of this minute, I'm just gonna point everybody to minutes forty four and forty five of Wrath of Khan minute. Because <laughs> <laughs> now we get to watch again the the Genesis device video that Kurt has Kirk has remixed. Um, right? He's he totally which, uh, I think we, have we talked about it already why is Carol Marcus not in the film well because I think this is because this is Kirk's report so he's just adding in the stuff from Carol's video I just think it's not cool that he he replaced all of her dialogue and stuff with his his own because he's saying the same thing life from lifelessness you know another moon or other dead body well, it's, I, it's, he's quoting her verbatim I get I yeah, okay, I guess. I just feel like it's, you know, if I was going to recite a report of all the information, and part of it was someone else's report, I'm not going to be like, and here's the report from Carol Marcus, and, like, play that video, and then come back and be like, well, that's the report. You know, I, I just would go on and say, like, give her some... He doesn't say everything. He just sort of gives a, a little bit of a highlight, and he gives her credit. He does... He says, you know, it's necessary to view the theoretic theoretical data on the Genesis device as developed by doctors Carol and David Marks. I mean, it gives her credit. And he basically says, you know, Genesis simply put his life from lifelessness. It was the intention to... So I think it's just another element to his overall report. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I think he's... I think he's got some attitude. And uh, he just, he's Dude, just writing her out of history. He just lost Bach, man. What? Oh, yeah. So, well, okay, here's, here's a... <laughs> job. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Here's a question for you. <clears throat> where did he film that scene in the in the video? Can you can you tell where he is by the background? He's in engineering. Oh. I have no idea. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> uh I it's not on the I don't think it's on the bridge. I think he's in some other area, whether it's his quarters or engineering. I totally buy that he's in engineering somewhere. So I thought I thought he might be on regular one. Hmm. On the space station. Oh, maybe because it's got a little bit of that feel, especially the you know the 
the blinky lights behind him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's. I was trying to place it, and I, I agreed. It doesn't look like anything I've seen on the Enterprise so far. So I was like, maybe he, because we know, we don't know, not in the film, but um, in the novelization and some of the other supplementary stuff, the Enterprise on its way back to Earth stops at Regula um, and stops at uh, Alpha City, City Alpha 5 to pick up the, the crew of the Reliant. Um, so maybe when they stopped at Regula, he recorded this then. Actually, you know what, Dave? I don't know if that's true. <laughs> now they say that out loud. I don't know. Did they go back to Regula? Or did Regula get consumed by it? Well, they would have to... Oh, would have been... Yeah, would it have been consumed by the explosion? So when Alex was on last season, I think it was during the explosion of uh, Reliant and the Genesis device that... Um, so they were close to they were close to the planet Regula, right? And I think I remember them saying like part of the nebula and the planet. So I'm assuming that um, Regula One must have been consumed. Okay, then you totally blew my theory. Because <laughs> you're right. I'm gonna. I, I they definitely went back to SETI Alpha Five to pick up the survivors of the Reliant that were stranded there by Khan. I believe I right. misspoke that they stopped at Regula as well. Um, because why would they? Nobody would have, would have been left. Everybody was 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 already gone, already dead, and it probably was destroyed by the by right. the Genesis wave. So scratch all that. <laughs> so I don't know where he recorded this. Then uh, my theory is gone. I'm yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go with engineering. I'll allow it. I have to because I totally messed that up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, so the one thing we haven't talked about is, um, and we sort of talked about this in the passing between, you know, before the episode here a little bit, is we haven't talked about the actor who play, portrays uh, Commander Morrow, Robert, Robert Hooks. Robert Hooks. So I found that he was on a lot of TV shows. Yes, sir. He was not necessarily a regular on a lot of TV shows. I think he was a regular on one TV show, mm-hmm. but he was a... And he has that look, and I know when I first saw it, I'm like, hey, it's that guy. <laughs> From what, I don't know, but it's, it's, I know I've seen him, and going back and looking at through a lot of his, his, his work, he's totally been in a bunch of shows I would have seen and been like, hey, it's that guy. <laughs> yep. Uh, what were your highlights? Let's, let's, let, I have some highlights of things that he's done. I'm curious if they're the same as your highlights. So what, what, what do you have for shows he's been on? So he was on like, um, he was on like Facts of Life. He was in the show. I mean, these were all shows that I watched as a kid. That's where I remember him from, like Facts mm-hmm. of Life. He was on Two Two Seven, both shows that uh, we watched as a, you know family shows. And um, he was on The Flash. He was in one one episode, and I know he was in Seinfeld. Um, yep. He was in a couple of episodes se- of Seinfeld. So I remember him. Connection. Second connection yes. to Seinfeld from the yep. film. Yep. Um, but just going back and looking at his, his work, those are the things that I remember most. But I like that he was <clears throat> reunited with Shatner on T.J. Hooker. He was on that for a couple episodes. I had that he uh, saw that he also immediately after this he was on he was in the sh- he's on the TV show V. Remember V? Right. Yeah. yeah. And that was like one of the like the 
the next thing he did immediately after Search for Spock. So he went back to TV. He only did like three or four movies. He did this, Airport 77, and another movie I saw. But most everything was either a one-off episode. He was in the he was in the TV show NYPD back in the 70s or mm-hmm. the 60s. Um, he was on that. Like that was his show back then. But from then on, it was pretty much one or two episodes or just a guest star. You know, maybe an ex- maybe a guest star, and that was it. Like it just he was. He he was a TV actor, yep. but he he has that face, and it's always like, hey, I know that guy from something. He was in that movie, or he was in that show. Right. I would say, given you know, given what we've what we know of, <clears throat> you know, people who have appeared in Star Trek, um, and knowing that Star Trek Discovery is right around the corner, that he still yep. has this opportunity to show up in another Star Trek franchise. I would totally, uh, if he came back as uh, uh, another admiral or a well, commander, I would totally, I'd totally be in on that. Do you think could they pull off him being a younger version version of himself? Uh, no, no, because he'd have to be like twenty five years younger or something. Yeah. How yeah. is it? Ten so, years before the five year mission? Uh, five or ten years, yeah. So he would have to be. So it'd be thirty years. So he would probably be. You know what's funny is I wonder if we might see him in our travels because he would be probably lieutenant maybe or ensign yeah. or or a cadet yeah. or yeah he, yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be a nice yeah. little deep cut. What would be awesome is if he played, you know, another role, meeting his character as like an ensign or a lieutenant or something. That would be something. Meeting himself? What? So like if he played, you know, Admiral oh. Admiral Bob, and he met him, his character, you know, on the Discovery or one of the other vessels or something. I think that would be pretty cool. Gotcha. Gotcha. Playing playing the younger yeah. version of his character. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. We'll have to let's let's start making notes now <laughs> for things we want to see in Discovery because we're going to be all right, over yeah. that thing in a few weeks. Okay, well I think uh, I think that was all the notes I had for this one. Yeah, this was a good minute. I do. Uh, sorry, I missed one note. Okay. The bird of prey sounds yeah. like a seven forty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I noticed that. It doesn't. But okay, it, it, you know that that awesome exterior shot. Um, where I was like, ooh, ah, you know, looking at it and then listening to the sound, I'm like, it sounds like a jet. Yeah. <laughs> it does not have a cool spaceship sound. That was my last note. So, okay, so since you're going to bring that note up, I'm going to ask the question. Um, how, do, how do you feel about, like, I remember seeing the reboot of uh, Star Trek, you know, in the Kelvin timeline. Yeah. And the one thing that struck me is when the... Um, the ship is being attacked like the, the the Romulans come through and you know Kirk's dad's ship is being attacked and you know holes are being blown out and you're seeing people sucked out well as soon as they get sucked out you hear nothing yes. you hear absolutely nothing there's yep. no no phaser sounds there's no yes you know engines sound, no explosions it is silence yep so we watch shows like we watch movies like this and we can hear I'm, a, I'm assuming the engines running we're not hearing it glide through the air um but you know like on I, I i star trek the next generation is famous for it. it's like when we see the exterior shots of the enterprise we hear the i'm assuming the engines mm-hmm. we hear that you know that 747 sound Do you, i like the fact that they you know when they redid it with the kelvin timeline that you don't hear sound because you don't hear sound in space right does that 
lessen, like you said, like I hear a 747. Does that lessen your enjoyment by hearing the noise, knowing that you shouldn't hear noise? I, I'm going to play both sides of the coin here. Okay. Love, love, love that moment when the person gets sucked out into space and everything goes quiet. Right. Because it's just like a total, you know, total shock to the system and reminder of, oh yeah, duh, this is what's supposed to happen. Right. This is, you know, this is the science, not the science fiction. So I love that. But I also love, love, love (laughs) the ambient noises of all these starships. Mm. Um, So I think I'd be willing to, and I don't think, I can't think of an example where this has actually been done. I think I'd be willing to uh, accept when you see exterior shots of ships, you hear nothing. But then when, yeah. you cut to the, when you cut to the inside of the ship, you do you definitely hear the ambient noise within the ship, which I think they right. do they do that anyway. You kind of hear that mm-hmm. low-level rumble or whatever. Um, I think I'd be willing to accept that, but I'd have to see it done. Right. Because can you imagine a, you know, a whole space battle where you see ships flying around and you don't hear anything? You just, you know, it's just lights and, and technically you know, I, not supposed to have explosions either, right? There's no explosions in space. Right. So... No, I'm 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 on the same side with you in terms of that. Like I am half and half. Like I love that scene from Star Trek and where she gets sucked out and you know, you you hear nothing and it's like, "Oh wow, that's so awesome." Right. And but I do feel like yeah, it would be kind of lame if you couldn't hear the phaser sounds or um because I think even later in that movie, you hear the phaser sounds. Yeah, and, and you do. You, so, and you hear noise. So, I think they are a little, you know, they play both sides of the fence. And and I'm okay with that. So, it's probably a bit I just a, was... A bit of a wink and a nod, right? Like, hey guys, don't forget, this is what it's supposed to be like. So, you just brought up sound, and I just made me think of that particular moment and what your thoughts were on that. But now you know what I want. I really want to see... <clears throat> Now that we've had that taste of, you know, no sound in space, um, right. I would like to see a space battle, ships getting attacked. Um, you can't have an explosion in space, right? No fireballs or whatever. Yep. So, so what would damage look like to a ship in a vacuum when it gets blasted with phasers? You know, oh. is it just that the a hole opens up in the ship and there's no fire? You know, or is it? I, I think there's a. I think there's a. I can almost picture in my head, there's probably some amazing imagery you could pull off as a special effects person trying to, trying to de- you know, show damage to a vessel in the vacuum of space, right? right? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, I just pause for a moment because I'm standing here, like, picturing it, like, oh, yeah, that would look cool. You know, just big, just big open holes where, you know, people are getting sucked out. And maybe you'd see some, you know, flames somewhere in the interior, right, because there's things would be be able to burn inside for a little bit but just seeing the just a hole open up and debris coming out and people coming out yeah <laughs> i know no. <laughs> anyway get on that ilm and effects houses Ooh, i got all i got all jazzed about that that's fun <laughs> i want to <laughs> see that all right dave all right should we wrap it up on that note? Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's good. <laughs> that's good for this week. Okay, sure. well then, uh, here we go. It's Friday. Uh, we're just going to ask for folks to. Uh, I'm going to do a shout out to ask for people to come on over to iTunes 
slash Apple Podcasts. I think they're re- Apple is now rebranding iTunes to be Apple Podcasts. So, yeah, whatever it's known as today, you the listener listening to this, if it's iTunes or Apple Podcasts, if you could head on over, uh, leave us a review, uh, give us a great rating. We'd love to love to get the feedback. We're shooting to we're trying to collect uh, fifty. Uh, at least 50 uh, reviews this season. Um, we changed the name to Star Trek Minute. We've now become uh, one of many Star Trek podcasts that are out there. And um, the more ratings and reviews we get, the higher up in the charts we'll climb. And we'd uh, really love to get the exposure to other listeners. So need your help doing that. So please and thank you. And we are going to be back again on Monday with Minute 19 of Search for Spock here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Bye.